We are on the top of Daf Ayin Ches Amid Beis, starting with the very top line. It says that this is the idea of what it says that from the four corners or four directions of the heavens, <coughs> that the Jewish people were only sent out into exile in order to add Halah, and that is from the term of the Ayin or the seventy Lashon, literally languages, meaning also the cultures, to be combined to Lashon Kodesh, like it says. I am a wall, this is Torah, that from the letters of the 70 languages, we can also make a wall for Torah, as we discussed earlier, that as we utilize uh, the, the languages, the cultures, and all the material things, they become a buttress to Torah, like we find by the Tanoim and the Amoraim, the authors of the Mishnah and the Gemara, that they spoke in Aramaic. They used terms like hachihashta. These are not Hebrew, these are Aramaic phrases. And also, we translate Torah all the time into our foreign languages, which effectuates the elevation of these languages, as we're doing now with English, to become sanctified. However, in order to make sure that the culture and language becomes elevated, it has to, like the bricks, first be fired. And how is that? It's fired with the recitation of the Kriyashma, so that we affirm that we are using all our heart and our all soul, because from every material thing and every spoken word in every language, we have the opportunity to transform it into something sanctified when we use its energy to daven and to study Torah. And through this, we fire these letters, and they become ready to be bricks, that is, to be utilized in the um, building of Torah. Like it says by the generation that had to be dispersed of the Tower of Babel, that they were spread out into 70 languages, because they said, come and let us fire bricks and use them to build this tower. And there, it is also referred to as the brick of sapphire, that radiance. Now, Moshe, who is at the level of Atzilus, where there is no necessity for levena, for whitening, because everything is evident and obvious godliness, everything is like the raw stone, because in Atzilus, you see the evidence of Hashem in everything, and therefore there isn't any necessity to smelt away the impurities, which is through the process of Bitlayesh. However, another one of you in the 70 elders who were, quote, only from the level of Bria awareness, they saw it as a sapphire brick. They saw the letters of Shem Ban in the total Bittel Hayesh and the very essence of the heavens and the, and the let, are the letters of Shema. And again, this is a reference to different ways in which we can configure the spelling of the letters of Yud and He and Vav and He. And here we explain that Shemaim is the level that is called Zah, and Ma is Etzim HaShemaim, is the letter of the of the letters of Shema, that they are purified, that is, they're clearly godliness, uh, as is explained above, and is explained in the Zayhar, that this is Hashem carving it out from its innate clarity, purity, obvious awareness of Hashem, as is explained from Chaim Vital, that this is the idea of Adam Kadmain, that in the lowest you find uh, wedge the highest. Now we have uh, a new mimer, it's just one paragraph, and it begins with a quote that says, and to my exceptional ones, the children of Israel, do not extend your hand. Now, none of Avihu, who the 70 elders were from the world of Bria, and that's why they were not permitted to accompany Moshe and being escorted up into the highest of heavens when Moshe went to get 
the Luchais, like all of the Jewish people at that generation. However, they, Nadav and Aviyu, and the 70 elders were the most significant of that time. And that's why they are re- referred to as the Atsile, the exceptional, even though they were, quote, only from Bria, but they were from the Atsile side of Bria. Remember, it's like a spectrum. And as it moves from total awareness of Atsilis into lesser awareness of Bria, there's a Bria, there's an Atsila side of Bria, and there's a Yetzira side of Bria. They were from the Atsila side of Bria. And therefore, they was told not to extend their hand to them, that they were not able to understand this level of the hand. Remember that image of the hands, the arms on the armrest of the throne, higher than the throne itself. Because, uh, and the evidence of the hands being more finely at, associated with the intellect, like it says in the Zohar. However, Moshe and Aaron, who were rooted in that sea list, like it says, Aaron, Moshe, Moshe, Aaron, it uses them interchangeably because they are both from the seven primordial shepherds, the, the Royim, the the, the leaders, like the Avais, who were total Merkava, who were from that level of Atsilis, and therefore they were eligible to have that level of Yad. We now have another Mimer, on the, still on the right-hand side of the page, and it says, they saw Hashem in the eight and they drank. And as it says in the Targum, when it says they saw, they means they perceived only a shallow level, what's called the back of it, the level of Elohim. Because just like we have the rule, that hash, the name Havai and the name Elohim are like the sun and the filter of the sun that prevents the world from being overwhelmed by its brightness. And in the times of Mashiach, it says the sun will be taken out of that filter. Then they will eat and drink. That is the idea of eating and drinking in Bria, which is the qualities called Man and Mud and Ma and Ban, again, all different uh, manners of how we can express the Yudke Vavke because the life force that is in food is what is brought down from above to below. That food comes down into this physical world, just like we ingest it, and it becomes part of our physical biology and our digestive system that nurtures our intellect and our heart and so forth, that allows us to function and allows us to progress. Now, the blood itself does not go innately into the uh, brain because it's too thick, and therefore it cannot manifest itself directly in the brain. But the impact, therefore, of drinking is that it allows the food to be so broken up that it can permeate even the more subtle areas of the body, including into the brain. The moisture of it, of the drink, allows the food to be dissolved so that it can penetrate the brain. And in this manner, we have an elevation of what is otherwise referred to as man and, ba- and mad. Again, these different aspects of godliness, like it says in the Zaire on the Pasuk that says that I am asleep in my mind. That is, that the moyach has been sort of detached because it has not been nourished by the, quote, lesser characteristics. And therefore, a person can even, God forbid, die from thirst even if he eats, because the necessity of liquid is that it uh, enables the food to nourish the brain, um, because otherwise the blood would not be able to uh, penetrate the brain. Again, I, we're not here to study biology, but we get in the concept of it as it uh, makes uh, meaningful to us. Now, <clears throat> Moshe Rabbeinu, it says that he did not eat bread, nor did he drink water while he was up on uh, the mountain receiving the luchais because he got instead, he was instead nourished from the spiritual idea. Like it says in Shirashirim, 
Achalti Adim Devashi, it says, I haven't eaten sugar cane with sugar. That is, I, I ate and I drank together. These are the qualities of Chachma and Bina, which are also a form of nourishment of eating and drinking. Chachma is like eating. The nukuda, that is the small point, like a person ingests food and then it gets broken up. And the quality of being is called drinking because it expands and it spreads out, just like a person takes a concept. And through being an analysis, they start to develop and give it greater depth and richness, like the food that that, like the drink that allows the food to be broken up, as we explained. They're just like you have an innate drop. And from that, the father contributes in the process of creating a child. And through the gestation, it develops within the mother. Uh, as we know in the concept of za, we have the th- the the three general concepts, so to speak, and then it becomes further developed into six. And from each one of them, it it becomes further and further developed, as is derived from Leah, who was the mother of six children on the top left hand column, and then it is grown from the yud, which is adds from six to sixty, and then even more so, yud within yud until we get the 600,000. And this is the image through which we have the development of that initial contribution of the father that becomes an entire child. And this is similar to the relationship between Teyoshev and Teyoshev Alpeh, that the written Torah is called bread, like it is described in different psukim. And the oral Torah, which is the analysis and the understanding of mitzvahs, uh, that describes how we make the tzitzis and so on, concepts that are written within, in the Chumash without explanation or depth, that come along and are explained, the reasonings of Ramea and Rabbi Kiva and so forth in the oral Torah. This is like the drink that develops, like Bina develops Chach. And therefore it's called drink because the drink, even if a person isn't thirsty, simply because he enjoys the flavor of the drink. Whereas with food, a person only eats when they're hungry. Because bread innately has no flavor. So chachm and bina are like achila eating, which is chachm, which is only like basic nourishment. And bina is drinking, so like bread and wine. So bread is not innately flavorful. It's, it's just nourishment. So a person only eats it when they're hungry. That's chachm. But there isn't a lot of enjoyment there. And the wine is like bina as we expand upon and further understand an idea. And in general, in Torah, this is called the expression of mayin dechudin. And davening, which we said, again, is compared to drinking, is halos man. So Torah is how Hashem comes down to us, like the contribution of the Father. And davening is like the approach to Hashem, which is more like the characteristic of the mother. And like it says, I pour out my heart like water before Hashem. And that's why Torah and tefillah are both necessary just like eating and drinking are both necessary. Um, and drinking and eating, you need to have both of them to nourish the body, just like you need to have both Torah, which is drawing down from above, and davening, which is our uh, approach towards Hashem. And Moshe Rabbeinu, who's on Har Sinai, brings it down to us. That concludes this mimer. And we are still on the um, Ahmed Beis, we're on the left-hand column. There's a new mimer. The Mimer begins with a quote from the Pusk that says, there will not be any miscarriage or any sterile women within your land. Your numbers of days I will fill. So we know this, 
there is in the spiritual world the idea called the land of life, from whence we derive life and sustenance for all neshamas of the Jewish people to love Hashem and to do all of the mitzvahs. As it is said that we will do the mitzvahs and we will live within them, that is true life comparable to this land and the world down here that flourishes all the different types of uh, foods and so forth to give us life to each person. That without it, we can't live to those who, who, who exist on this world because all the wealth of gold and silver are worthless if we don't have vegetation. And similarly, the spiritual world that is given to a person through Torah and through his service, it is all through this eternal life from above, as it is described in the different psukim. That there is a world above that mirrors this world down here. And just like uh, down here, we're dependent on the earth in order to produce vegetation so we can live. Similarly, we are dependent on the spiritual earth. And this is called Eretz, just like this physical world. It does not innately have the power to spontaneously produce vegetation, but it only comes as a result of the combination of planting and the power of flourishing that is granted within it and through it. It will flourish and blossom all of the seeds that are planted within it. Similarly, the spiritual worlds that are drawn down from this spiritual land are drawn down from the source of all life, which is Hashem, for he is the one who literally implants the power of growth into the earth to be able to uh, produce uh, vegetation. However, this is the object ob- objective of mankind, that he has to come and plow it and plant it. Uh, like the psukim uh, su- suggests, that it's not just the tzaddik who has to plant, but everybody. And this means that a proper person who's not wicked, like it says, the the light is planted to the tzaddik. And in this context, we're talking about a tzaddik, not like Tanya defines it, but basically a righteous person has to engage himself in the earth in order to bring forth the, the powers that are latent within it. And this light is the love of Hashem and the desire for it that is drawn out from a person. That's what he plants into this life. That is, in order to be tzaddik. And again, in this context, we mean connected with Hashem. A person should take the heart and know with absolute amuna that all of the love and fear that he has is all a gift from Hashem, who has granted this power innately within us, like the power to produce vegetation that is embedded within uh, the earth. Uh, it doesn't come from himself. It's naturally there. And again, just like the power of nourishment that is embedded within the earth needs to be uh, 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 accessed through the planting and so forth, in a similar fashion, does our innate love and fear of Hashem need to be accessed? And this is, um, or does Hashem in fact need our service? Like it says, you should serve Hashem your God. Does Hashem in fact need our service? Is he missing anything? And if we do good, is there any benefit to him? But the idea being that the characteristic of Havaya, that we are Vavadatem as Havaya Lekechem, is the characteristic of Hashem that is, was, and always will be. I am Hashem, I do not change. Nothing is any stature before me. And all of my service till the level that will be next to me in the level of Elekechem, that'll be your God, that is to take this level of godliness that uh, overrides the limitations of creation was, is, and will be all simultaneously and becomes yours personally. That is, that it should be rooted within your mind and your thoughts and you should sense it and understand it in absolute truth as if you see it clearly with your eyes. It becomes your godliness. 
And similarly, all the other forms of praise that we describe, that he is the God of Avram Gadol. Because wherever you find Hashem's true greatness, there you will find how he associates himself even with the most humble. For no matter has any true significance before him and is invested within him. This characteristic of greatness, so to speak, is his humility. That is, that the primary service from this point is from above to below. And this is, in fact, truly a great avoda that our physical mind should be able to receive a revelation of godliness. And here is where we create and we uh, arouse the characteristics of love and fear, which are called the children, because Ava and Yira are compared to a son and a daughter. That Ava is called the son, like the Pasuk says, Zohar Chasta, and Yira is called the daughter. And that's why when you have a daughter first, it is a good sign for your sons, because we first have to work on our characteristic of reverence of Hashem, because that's the gate through which we reach Hashem. However, when our avoid is not in this way, and it's only that I want to be close to Av and Yir, I only want to love Hashem and fear Hashem, it won't be successful. And therefore, he won't have any true love or fear. It will only be, it'll look that way. It'll be unsustainable. It'll be temporary. And this is called maskela, that is, that they, God forbid, give birth and, and the child doesn't survive. So God forbid, that's the idea that a person has a temporary love and fear that is the product of their intellect, but it's not sustainable. And what does it mean that someone is an akara, that they are sterile, that is, that they cannot produce any avanyira? And this is why Hashem assures us that will be no, God forbid, people who give birth and bury the child or those who are sterile in your land, because the reason for this God forbid, consequence where they give birth and the child doesn't survive, or the idea of sterility is because they're still in their land, they're not in the higher lands. Next paragraph. But then there's another characteristic of Akara, and that is what our sages say, that she has no womb. She doesn't even have the capacity for having a child, or it's like the person who is so timtu, that is that their body is so concealed that they don't have the capacity to uh, receive the idea of pregnancy. And again, pregnancy being the analogy for the intellectual development that leads to the offspring of, uh, of Midas. And the same way there is within the person, this level of the service of Hashem, that um, he cannot totally grasp the concept of his in his seicho because he's not a keli for it. Because the Jewish people are called the Kali, the Kois Yeshuas, a Kali of Kaba'a to be receiving of Chasadim Yenim. And it's called the Kais of Bracha, that they are able to hold wine, which can give Simcha. That is, through the process of analysis, that is, only when they are an empty Kali. However, if they are overwhelmed with themselves and they consider themselves of their own identity, then they are in pursuit of what they want. This is what I want. This is what's good with me. Uh, this I don't want to do. And so on and so on and so forth. However, in general, each person is looking for only for himself, what he's doing in his business and so on, whether he's engaged in, uh, in commerce or he's sitting and learning Torah and all of them, if it's only about himself, so then he becomes clogged. Now, what is then the advice to make himself receptive? Again, like pregnancy is the idea that he is receptive to something greater than himself. And that is to have a heart that is broken open. And this is like a skilled craftsman who makes a keli. 
he makes some sort of pot. That the manner in which he does it is that he beats around the metal until it creates a receiving area in the middle. And so too, a person has to uh, diffuse his self, uh, sense of self. He has to be of shofar ruach, uh, of a sense of humility. And in that manner, he becomes receptive to something beyond himself. Uh, if he allows there to be this empty space within him. Then there's another statement, Narska sages say there's the kosh shel bracha that requires cleansing. Like we clean out the cup before we fill it up with the wine for Kiddush. And the idea is, even if a person has in fact subdued himself, that is, he's made himself poor and he is no longer aggressive. He, he is not even uh, inclined towards permitted things. He doesn't allow himself to become knotted up with them with all of his heart and soul because he can always do permitted things, but he does them without passion. And if he is te- has a tendency towards the uh, wasted matters of this world, he's not going to be a keli for purity until he cleans it out. And this, again, is like a dirty cup that you can't put wine in it until you clean it out. Or a woman who cannot receive from her husband to conceive a child unless she is cleansed out. Now in the bottom paragraph, now after, he's, the person has made himself into a keli to receive, that is clean. There's still one more step. So he has to first, again, have bittel. Then he has to clean it out from any desire for anything other than godliness. And that is, like it says, that Hannah, uh, and then she cried and she was crying. Because the Jewish people have many levels and many names. And each one of them, when they, or the, the level when they are giving birth, they are called Leah. Aim Habanim, the mother of children, that is, they were in the level where they were like Akara, they were barren, like Hannah. She, they weren't able to produce, just like a, a sterile barren woman can't produce children, they can't produce spiritual children, namely love and fear that are the product of the intellect, the intellect being the parents. So what did Hannah do? She davened Alavaya. What does this mean to Avaya? This is the idea that he is the one who creates everything, something from nothing. And this includes all worlds, Atzilis, Briyatzi, and Asiya. There is no distinction between them. Hashem creates all of them. He forms all of them. But in general, he gives life to all of them, and he creates them all from nothing into something. And this true name um, is only when we're talking about the worlds that have been dispatched and have been created and have been formed and have been made. Atzilis, Briyatzi, and Asiya, as you recognize. But relevant to Hashem in his very essence and glory, there is no name. They have no identity. They have no stature. They have no sense of individuality. I am Hashem, I do not change. I am before the world, I am after the world. And this is what it means when it says in Pirkei Eliezer, that before Hashem created the world, there was only him and his name. His name meaning there was nothing that he gave any separate sense of existence to. There was only Hashem. Like it says, Nizgav Shmei Levadai. This means that Hashem's sense of name was something far distant from anything, even the world, even the world of Atzilas. And in order for the glory to come, there had to be creation of heaven and earth. And that came only from his glory, but not from his very essence. But Hashem's very essence, is his care, and he kept only for himself, for the people who are close to him, and know that they should be subsumed within the infinity of Hashem, as is explained. And from here, the person's soul becomes inflamed and enthusiastic, that he's willing to have a total mysterious nefesh for Kedush Hashem, even in actuality that his soul is thirsting and it is expiring to, just to be close to Hashem, that it should be that every conscious thought, every spoken word and every deed 
should be aligned completely with Hashem and His mitzvahs from the depth of His heart, from the sense of attachment, like it says in the Zohar. My soul longs for you, and this is what it means that Chana davened al Havaya on Hashem, because davening is the idea of connection, that she connected herself al Hashem, that is higher even than the name of Hashem, that suggests the idea of creations and, and uh, of worlds and sustaining them. She simply wanted to be totally, completely subsumed within Hashem and Mesiris Nefesh. And from there, Hashem expressed a great Rachmanes to the godly spark that's within her. And this is why it says she cried and she cried, who aroused this great, abundant compassion. And this is what Hashem himself did. That is, he is exalted and uplifted. From the world, from the level of the worlds, and therefore with great abundance, because of this exaltedness, which is uh, unfathomable, uh, he had Rahmanus on the world, even on the highest of worlds, even on Ganein Ne'elyon, and higher and higher to all the levels that it's shaykh to have Rahmanus, because all of them were humble before them, whereas in the worlds of Netz, uh, of Atzilus and Bria, whatever comes down becomes more minimized, until you have this physical world where we don't even sense that Hashem's presence is there. And it's on this physical world that we are found in that we need to have the greatest Rahmanis, like the Rahmanis of, uh, 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 of somebody of exalted status and somebody of a lowly status. Because just as, just as Hashem's exaltedness is unknowable, so too is his Rahmanis abundant um, as, as God of the world. Like it says, the God of the world. That's where his Rahmim is. And our request is, that since our seichel cannot uh, 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 grasp Hashem's Rachmanis, he should simply arouse it, that he should have Rachmanis and, and extend it to us in that way. And that's how our rescue will come. Final paragraph, and this is what it means when it says that Abraham was old, advanced in years, meaning old zokin, as in he acquired Chachma. As it says that the Chachma is a, a, a scholarship that he's able to understand with Yishuvadas. That means that a service of Hashem is fixed within him. It's not uh, vacillating a little bit like this and sometimes like that. And that's how it has to be. Uh, like Abraham was, it was fixed and constant. The days that Hashem has given to us to live, like the years, we're not given to waste even a moment. Uh, and we're not given even an extra moment to fix what we may have wasted. And this is what a person should be thinking about, that he should make this proper accounting all the time about everything he contemplates and everything he speaks about and everything that he does day after day. And these days should be garments, and they should be the garments of Torah and mitzvahs that he studies and he does every day. And with these garments, a person can receive the revelation of godliness and a love and a fear that is drawn down from the highest of levels. With this additional light, because this is what we learn in the straight-up shot of Torah. Uh, we don't necessarily get Av and Yira at the moment. We learn Allah, we learn a story in the Chumash, okay. Nevertheless, the Torah has a divine light within it, that from there it flourishes within us. Now we're on Dafayin Tesam and Beis, finishing this mimer. We have the Tzedakah and Rav Chesed. That is this level of Ava Rabba on Anashama to radiate within these garments. And this is what it means, the days of your life I shall fill. That is, these days themselves, which are the garments that are placed upon us to do and to count them, is the light that would say in those days, like it says in the Zayar, uh, and, and it describes this idea that the days should be filled with light, asaper, not only to count, misper yamecha, not only the accounting, 
but they should be sapir, they should be bright and brilliant, like the power of growth that is embedded within the earth. So too in the Surmeira, that we detach ourselves, that is, um, we become, uh, like our sages say, that there were four who died only because of the story of the tree of knowledge, that is, they were complete tzaddikim. But nevertheless, they were still affected by the general uh, discolorization, discoloration of the, the, the filth that the snake invent, invested into the world, and they could not avoid it. And this is the Nakuda of Klippa that is so thick that it becomes embedded within humanity of the, based on the events of the snake with the Eitzhadas Toivera, that is, that he sees himself and he recognizes his flaws, or he knows that something is good. Like it says that the woman saw that the tree was good to eat, and this is the source of this filth, and the source of all taiva and all aveda, that we choose it because it's good for me, or it's bad for me. However, before the chet, there was nakedness. That is, they didn't sense anything that was personally, this is good for me, this is good for, or bad for me. They only saw what was from Hashem. This concludes the Maimar and Parshish Mishpatim.